Good afternoon and welcome to the second to last What the Truck of the Year. <laughs> it is. Son of the last show. Son of the last show. Well, last show I, number two. We actually did our last show live yesterday. It was our yeah. What the Truck Holiday Special, but that's probably the one you guys are going to see in rotation. And man, was that magical? That was a great show. I'm Dooner, by the way. That's the dude. Peace and love, everybody. We're a show that this year was twice weekly, but we made a big announcement on that one next year. Three times a week. We're coming at you Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That sounds, right. that sounds right to me. <laughs> I, like, I was looking at you for acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah, Friday is the other one. You're yes. like, Dooner, aren't you the one who set the schedule? <laughs> yes, I did, sir. That was a great time, though. If you guys didn't catch that special yesterday, check it out at Freightways.com. Check it out at What the Truck on your favorite podcast player of choice. But it's probably one you're going to want to watch. We had yeah, a absolutely. ton of video assets in it. I lived... I laughed. I, I I learned. We got to hear an update from from Howard and Liam. Cried Liam's a little bit as well. Yeah, the battling DIPG. We had to uh, say goodbye to a longtime member of our team who's been uh, fundamental mm-hmm. in putting a lot of this together. I, but we also got to look forward to the new year that's coming year. right ahead. And three days a week. Three days a week. Yeah. By the way, what the truck newsletter comes out today? Sign up for it. Freightwaves.com slash WTT. I'd like to thank Global Trans. Global Trans is a full service third party logistics provider bringing award winning customer service, exceptional industry expertise, and market leading technology to shippers, carriers, and logistics service providers. Global Trans people powered approach combined with comprehensive relationship-driven support, provide shippers of all sizes with fast and reliable multimodal transportation services, as well as strategic supply chain solutions, enabling them to optimize efficiency and deliver on business goals. Leveraging its extensive independent agent network, Global Trans has emerged as a fast-growing market leader with a customer base of over 1 million product users and 25,000 shippers to learn more please visit globaltrans.com and also check out global trans on linkedin or hang out right now because we're going to talk to bob farrell from global trans he's the chairman and ceo bob thank you for joining us thank you for having me hey welcome bob i've heard he knows all about global trans so you can reach out and just I would take imagine care. he would know quite he a bit. He probably knows what's going on. I'm I'm pretty sure. I don't know. <laughs> I know as much as you just said. <laughs> now, Bob, just a real quick aside to to personify you. We couldn't help but notice that that I believe it's the Chicago Marathon right behind you. That is the Chicago Marathon, 2012. That was my first marathon. Done eight more since. So uh, started it off there. Well, you know, this year, I think a lot of people could equate it to a marathon, right? 2021, it's been, uh, 2020 oh, has been a struggle. What is your outlook for 2021 for transportation and logistics? Yeah, our, our outlook is pretty, pretty positive. Uh, you know, you said it, 2020 was, was a real difficult year. Uh, the last, uh, you know, four or five months have been fabulous. Um, we're rolling into 2021 with a, with a, uh, a lot more visibility on freight that we don't normally have at the beginning of the year. So we're, we're pretty excited about what the prospects are for, for 21. Yeah. I think a lot of people are very excited about 2021 uh, after 2020 you're a marathoner. So you're running this marathon and a quarter of the way through it or not, even they turn it into a, an, an Iron Man, basically. Right. <laughs> I mean, the shifts in the consumer behavior created a lot of challenges, right? This past year. Yeah, I mean, you know, as as you guys well know, 2019 was a difficult year for freight. We rolled into 2020 helping for a little bit more of a consistent market, uh, got the year off and going well. And then, you know, March hit, COVID hit, um, 
for us initially, uh, that second half of March into into a, beginning of April was phenomenal. People were doing a lot of unnatural things, moving a lot of freight that they wouldn't normally move, and then it just dropped off. And uh, second half of April, you know, really into June was was pretty difficult, and it's been building back since. And we feel it rolling right into to 21. But I think a lot of our shipper customers are you know, making different kind of plans for 21, and and they're not going back to the ways that they've already done things. And that is in terms of both how they're contracting with us, how they're planning to work with us, and frankly, how they're uh, getting their inventories in place. Contract rates. I mean, that was a big, uh, in the segment preceding yeah. you, that was a big topic there. It's always a big one. Uh, mini bids, right? Uh, has that been a big topic over at Global Trans? Have those been popularized? Do you see that carrying into 2021? Yeah, we 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 see uh, some of our major shipper co- uh, customers doing smaller terms, uh, you know, as as short as three months. Whereas, you know, before we had some doing six month kind of mini bids. Um, I think that uh, the 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 shippers are as unsure as anybody else about you know what what capacity is going to be like in twenty one. Uh, they want to protect themselves both up and down. Um, uh, and, and, you know, for us to work with them effectively, we we got to understand what's going on in their supply chain, what they're going to need, where they're going to need it. Are they building just-in-case inventories? That's not something normal. So if they're going to do that, we gotta, we've got to work with them to make sure the contractual rates reflect that. So you, you, you mentioned all these things with the supply chain and the disruption that has happened this year, the mini bids and, and, and the shippers looking, they need more than just basic transportation, right? They need those, those managed services as well. How have you guys reacted to that? What's, what's Global Trends doing to react to that, that new need of the customer? Yeah, for us, over the over the last uh, four years, we've moved more of our business into a managed transportation kind of a platform where we're not we're we're not looking to make uh, our ultimate profitability off of a set of transactions, but rather off of a relationship. So that might mean that over a period of time, we've got to enter into a contract where we lose on every single load, and you know, we're able to make it up on 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 spot business, on other types of transaction business. But more importantly, uh, work with our customers and say, hey, what what can we do to help you get your SKUs closer to your end customers when you need them? Uh, how do we go? up the supply chain and into the boardroom versus being on the loading dock to simply dealing with freight. You know, the demands of the supply chain have changed fundamentally. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned it a few times now, but the demands of the shippers themselves become a lot more nuanced, whether it be packaging or, you know, a debate that harkens back. Michael Vincent to, I think, our first virtual event at home. We were talking about just in time versus just in case. It's one of the first conversational debates that yeah. happened at one of these events all the way back in May. Tell us a little bit about how you're seeing those demands evolve and also how are you addressing those challenges? Yeah, I mean, the, the demand demands are evolving. Um, you know, right right now, you've got. Uh, I, I I saw the data the other day. A, a large number of ships floating around. You know, off San Pedro in California, the 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 ports are full, the docks are full, um, and you've got a lot of materials that are you know required for people in their in their manufacturing supply chains and their distribution supply chains. Um, they can't count on them being there when they when they need them. So. Um, you need to work on some alternatives. Uh, look at how perhaps you can move uh, freight from one geography to another geography uh, in an unplanned way, uh, on demand, uh, without breaking the back of, of the customer's transportation budget. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting point that you just brought up with the with the changes in global trade and the the trade wars, the North American. Uh, uh, Mexico, Canada, USA, the, 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 the different agreements that are going there and the new administration. It's obvious to, I think, everybody now that just going with the lowest cost carrier is not the way to go. Uh, and, and, you know, going with those that are true partners and can adjust to the future supply chain or help them adjust to those things that are there. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I do sense that the shipper customers that we deal with are looking to partner more closely with us. Where you, you just see it in the way that they're including us in strategic planning activities, in the way in which they're running bids, in the um, reduction of the number of vendors that they, they want to deal with. There are much fewer people at the table uh, playing a bigger role. Um, and, you know, for us, uh, it's, it's required us to say, hey, is this a customer that we can service well? Is this a customer that we can bring the right uh, capacity solutions to the table? And can, do we have the right carrier partnerships in place to service them? And if not, probably take ourselves into another customer. We can do that. And, and you know, as much as the shippers are being selective, I think the three PLs and the carriers need to be equally uh, selective and make sure they focus on the work that can do well. How important is managing those customer expectations in a time like this? We talked to Gene Soroka from the Port of L.A. You mentioned all the boats at anchor. He told us today that there's 15 boats at anchor. And we asked him, what can they do to expedite that process? And, you know, there's only so much space they have. There's only so much land. There's finite resources. And all they can do is try to optimize and make goods move. But a logjam is a logjam. How do you manage those customer expectations? Yeah, so it's 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 all about visibility, right? At the end of the day, uh, we have a ton of data, and making sure that early in the cycle you understand what the analytics are telling you, communicate to that to to your customer in a, in a dashboard format, so that uh, if they're planning labor, if they're planning for distribution of finished goods, or just whatever their ending, whatever their ultimate end goal is that you're providing them with real clear and um, real-time visibility every step along the way. I mean, for us um, in our managed transportation business, we, we, don't, we don't broker every mode. We, we work with a lot of partners to, to, to broker out some of the modes that we're not uh, directly involved with and making sure that we have tight integration with those partners so that we don't lose visibility when uh, we've, we're working on a shipment that, that's, that's at ocean uh, and you know, our, our end goal is to get it on a doorstep someplace and it's got to go through a, a full truckload move and an LTL move and a final mile move. We need visibility at each step along the way. And I think that the, uh, the companies that engineer the best visibility and visibility that has analytics, analytics associated with it that you can take actions on, that's what's going to um, provide the best level of service to a customer. I was I was looking at their press release, Michael Vincent. Some mm -hmm. impressive numbers here. Their managed transportation solutions grew sixty one percent, and freight wow. under management, their FUM grew by a hundred and sixteen percent in the past year to date. Those are impressive numbers, Bob. Uh, it, uh, it, it sounds to me like you really go through the due diligence when when working with a potential new partner or new customer client. I don't want to call them customer in the managed transportation world. It's much deeper than that. How do you manage that process to make sure that you're the right fit for them? I mean, it's, it's, or they're the right fit for you, right? That's got to be just as important, right? Yeah, you use the word due diligence, and I think that's, that's an accurate uh, description of what you need to do. Um, you know, historically, Global Trans was a pretty traditional 
third-party freight brokerage. Um, and uh, you know, it was about, you know, can we get the right capacity at the right place and take it to the right destination on time and uh, intact? Uh, with with managed transportation, um, we need to look at the financial profile that that we're going to need to finance to be able to do the solution. We're going to need to look at what kind of multi-vendor, multi-currency uh, equations we're going to have to deal with so that we can present the, the customer with sort of one final price at, at, at the end of the day. Um, how volatile are the raw materials that the customer has that, that we're dealing with? Are those things that are you know subject to global issues that, that may disrupt what our plans are to, to really create a fully managed solution for, for, for that customer. And, and ultimately, is, is our technology going to be able to integrate with all the technologies that the customer has? You know, what are they using on their ERP? What are they using uh, you know, across the board for uh, their analytics? And can we, can we uh, integrate with that well? Can we read data from that? Can we, can we bring data both back and forth in a way that allows for us to really provide that customer with uh, with the right information. I think you made a, an interesting point when you said that it's uh, th- these these folks become clients, not customers. And um, I know I'm in the right place when I don't have to go through the vendor door. Wow. Yeah. Well, Bob, thank you for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate it. You're uh, Mr. 26.2, the marathon man. Uh, <laughs> where do we send people to learn more about Global Trans? www.globaltrans.com. Fantastic. Keeping it simple. Thank you once again. And have a very happy holidays. Yeah, you too. You look great in that sweater. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. You. you know, I was looking at one other, uh, I was looking at one other thing in their, their press release, Michael Vincent, yeah. and it was that they did a survey of supply chain decision makers, right? And the survey showed that 60, 64% reported they've dealt with more late or failed deliveries this year than what is typical. I mean, anecdotally, I keep complaining about some of my USPS shipments, but I'm definitely seeing stuff arriving much later than is typical. Yeah, well, and with it, less visibility, and it's the incon- it's the inconsistency with that, right? You're you're looking at some things, and other people are looking at stuff where it just gets to a node, and then it drops off the radar. They don't even see it anymore. Yeah, right? for me, I just want the <laughs> stuff to arrive before I drive off to Boston. You know, I'm not, <laughs> is it going to come? Are they going right. to save Christmas? Who knows? We're very excited about our next guest, though. It is Shannon Courier. She's the Director of Philanthropy and Development at St. Christopher's Trucking Relief Fund. They're a group that we've uh, followed throughout the year, especially when we heard that initially there are some trouble raising funding because regular in-person events had gone away. So we wanted mm-hmm. to bring them into this virtual world over here at, at Freight Waves and uh, talk to him as we enter the holiday season. We'll be right back with her. Coming up now, we are pleased to welcome our next guest. It is Shannon Courier, Director of Philanthropy and Development over at St. Christopher's Truckers Relief Fund. Yeah. Shannon, thank you for coming on the Dinner. show today. Thank you for having me. How are you guys? Now, Shannon, one of the greatest things about charity is the spirit of giving that it creates, right? Not just for St. Christopher's Truckers Relief Fund, but we would like to tell you that not only did St. Christopher's Truckers Relief Fund inspire us to spread the message for you guys, but it also got us involved with a bunch of other charities as well, helping out a variety of different truckers to individuals with issues. And uh, it was was due to you just highlighting that issue of the in-person events and how a lot of fundraising was done there. So we want to thank you for that, and I'm sure the, the industry would too, especially the charitable side of it. Well, thank you for giving us some attention. You know, the, the life 
in-person events are where we make a lot of connections and where we get a lot of our uh, new donors and new corporate sponsors. And so that has taken a hit on all of us, not just St. Christopher Fund, but all of the nonprofits across the industry. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't always like to see us coming because they know that we're going to ask for money. But, you know, we're here to really work alongside these companies because we want to make sure your drivers are on the road. We want to make sure that they're healthy. We want to make sure they're taken care of so they can get back on the road and, and do what they love to do and what we need them to do. So, you know, we really do all work together to make this industry strong. Now, Michael, on this side of the business, they are one of the most respected groups. But if people yeah. are joining the chat, they're watching this event, they haven't heard of you guys before. Enlighten the audience. What is it that you do? Right. So we've been around for 12 years. Um, we are a 501c3 non-faith-based charity. And so I always say non-faith-based because of our name. It's St. Christopher Fund. And everybody wonders, you know, do you have to be some kind of religiously affiliation uh, to go alongside you know, getting help from you or donating to you. No, you do not. We have nothing to do with any religion whatsoever. Um, St. Christopher Fund was the patron, St. Christopher's the patron saint of travel. So that's where our name came from because we work in an industry that travels across the country. So that's where the name came from. But so what we do is we step out and we help um, professional drivers, over the road and regional drivers, when they have an injury or an illness that takes them off the road. Most of the time, this is short term, but we also know a lot of these drivers work paycheck to paycheck. So if they're not driving, they aren't making any money. So we're kind of stepping in on a short term basis and saying, hey, we can help you when you're out of work. We can step in and pay those necessity household expenses so these drivers can heal be stress-free, get back to work, get back on the road, and not lose everything that we have because we can lose some good drivers to short-term injury or illness. And we're trying to make sure that doesn't happen. Hey, Shannon, Mike Vincent here. Thanks for being on the show, and thanks for all the great work. As, as uh, Dooner pointed out, it, it, it really uh, sheds a light on all the needs and helps promote all the different charities and help that is out there. So, And, and what you guys are doing is, is tremendous. Can you talk about exactly how you guys, how, how you do, how you, how you actually perform your help, right? Is there an application process? Um, talk through that a little bit. Yeah, there is. So we have, it's a pretty robust application process. It's about eight pages long. You're going to, we, we're going to do medical records. We're going to request those. So you have a medical records request form you have to fill out and sign to give us permission. We're going to do employment verifications. We're going to do financial um, information that you have to provide us with. Make sure that your income, you know, is not more than what you are spending, you know, we, there has to be a financial need is what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. we have to be able to see that in black and white. And so we have an online application at truckersfund.org and it does take a little time to fill out. So you want to have all of your information ready to go so you can just get it in there and upload it to us. So once we receive that application, first thing we're going to do is request medical records. We do have to have proof that it is a medical issue that's taking you off the road. Once we get that, the medical records are reviewed by our volunteer medical director, and then the application goes to um, our review person, and she's going to make a decision on whether you are approved for assistance or not, whether you meet the guidelines. And if you are approved for assistance, then you submit your bills directly to us. So we don't give any money directly to the driver. All of the bills have to be submitted to us. And that's really for two reasons. One, by the time drivers reach out to us, they're in a pretty stressful situation, mm -hmm. typically. They're trying to heal. They're trying to be stress-free. So we want to take that stress off of them. We want to make sure those necessity bills get paid. Two, it also 
makes us accountable to our donors. We know where every penny goes. We know what it go. We know what it goes for, uh, and we're very limited on what we pay. We only pay necessity expenses, so we can cover somebody's rent or mortgage. We can cover their utility bills. We can cover a truck or vehicle payment, and we can cover insurance premiums. So we're very focused on where that money goes. Speaking of the money, what is what is your goal in 2020? What's the goal in 2021? Have you have you cleared 2020 yet? No, we've not cleared 2020 yet. We have a very aggressive fundraising goal for 2020. Um, it's, it's a higher goal than we've ever had before. And we set it, of course, before the pandemic happened. So our goal for 2020 <laughs> was to raise a million dollars because we knew we, you know, our, our applications increase every year. And we know we want to expand the programs we can offer for drivers as well. So we have this huge $1 million goal. But I'll tell you, when March happened and the pandemic hit, we kind of went into panic mode. Then all of the in-person events started canceling and we're thinking, how are we ever gonna meet this goal that we thought was so attainable at the beginning of the year? Well, so what happened is we started reaching out to current donors, started reaching out to people we've talked to in the past, but the industry itself started saying, wait a minute, we've got to make sure these drivers are taken care of. Where can we help drivers? And so people started reaching out to us as well. So I'm excited to say we're only about $72,000 away from reaching that million dollar goal, which 72,000 is a big number, but in relation to a million, it's a very small number. And so we have about what, 17, 16 days before the end of the year to try to reach this goal. Wow. You know, Michael, there's a lot of slacktivism out there, right? We thank a trucker. Nice right. little, it's a nice Absolutely. little hashtag. It looks is. really fancy on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, but if does. you really want to thank a trucker, how about some of these groups? How about Shin? Help them hit that goal. 72K, guys. Only you Not can much, control you. There's a plenty of time to get 72K donated. There's donate plenty it. of time. Plenty of time. There's 15 days left, 16 days left in this year. How do they go and do it, Shannon? Well, if you go to truckersfund.org, you can click on the donate button and you can make your donation through PayPal or you can send a check to us. Shoot me an email, shannon at truckersfund.org. I'll be happy to have a conversation. I think we can absolutely make it happen. It just takes a little bit from everybody um, to make sure that we've got the need met. So we'd love to have you join us. I'd love to share more about us and, uh, you know, let you know how we're helping people. Well, Shannon, thank you for Excellent. sharing yourself and uh, your lovely glassware with us as well today. Oh. <laughs> so you get my kitchen view today. <laughs> I work at home all the time, so this is enough, not anything new to me. And I had an office, but my son from college moved home and took over that room. So now I work at the kitchen table, and this is the view you get today. Thank you. Thank you Excellent. so much, Shannon. Happy holidays. Take care, and best of luck hitting that goal. Help them out, people. Happy holidays, Shannon. Coming up next, Frank Kenny, Director of Market Strategy at Clio. He'll be joining us. Oh, look at that guitar. Look at that thing, Michael Vincent. We'll be back. That's a bass. He's got his bass out. He's ready. <laughs> I love it. Hey, guess what, dude? What's up? Global Trans is a full-service third-party logistics provider bringing award-winning customer service, exceptional industry expertise, and market-leading technology to shippers, carriers, and logistics service providers. That's exactly right. You know what else? Global Trans people-powered approach combined with comprehensive relationship-driven support provides shippers of all sizes with fast and reliable multimodal transportation services as well as strategic supply chain solutions, enabling them to optimize efficiency and 
and deliver on business goals, leveraging its extensive independent agent network. Hey, Global Trends has emerged as a fast-growing market leader with a customer base of over 1 million product users and 25,000 shippers. Learn more, please visit GlobalTrans.com and follow Global Trends on LinkedIn. While you're there, you know, send us a connection too. That's right. Timothy, say hi to Bob, uh, Bob Farrell. Now we got, now we know what I'm really excited about. So this guest here, I was looking on his LinkedIn profile to get some, get some backstory on him and he's holding the giant guitar over his shoulder. So I reached out to one of the event producers and I'm like, you have to ask him to bring his guitar on air. It's Frank Kenny, director of market strategy at Clio. And you saw him in the green room. He's got a beautiful bass guitar with him. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Dooner. Michael, Michael, great to see you sitting down and not standing by the sonar board. So, you know, it's <laughs> lovely to see this view of you, friend. So. <laughs> yeah, Frank, you are the you. only other person I've met in this business who also went to school for music technology. I did at CalArts and you did over at Tampa. I, 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 I did. And uh, now I am working for a technology company. So that's how it did. <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile. Are you going to hit people with that guitar or hit them with music? Yeah, it's looking at a honky tonk man I, a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Trust me, it's never more than 16 bars that I put on a loop. So there you go. <laughs> hey, so what you, you so you mentioned technology, dealing with the cloud, those kind of things. What has what has the impact of this year been on carriers and truckers uh, from your view of the world, from the cloud side view? Yeah, you know, I, I think the most interesting thing is is reluctantly uh, carriers and, and transport companies have always been reluctant to move anything uh, anywhere but some back room somewhere. And so no one ever thought that we would be in a world where people couldn't come into work. No one thought that we would be in this world where, uh, you know, people couldn't answer the phones from a, a trunk system. And so we've seen just a big push of folks that are coming up and saying, you know, we just got to get in the cloud. And, and, and it's not just the, the pandemic and COVID, you know, think about all the ransomware attacks in our industry. And then all of a sudden uh, p- folks are saying, we just can't afford to be down. So the idea of moving this critical part of infrastructure in the cloud is something that's, that's appealing. Now we haven't seen the type of traction that I believe we're going to see in 2021, but the type A, the bleeding edge companies, the larger companies have absolutely moved there, have cemented themselves there because now the companies that we at Clio are hearing from are just all sizes and everything from mom and pop with maybe 20, 20 pieces of assets out there to 2,000, 3,000 pieces. So it, it's really astounding. You know, Frank, uh, autonomous vehicles, AV is going to uh, be the solution, right? And and uh, shortages of drivers. And we see this year the great outpouring of respect for the drivers that have always been those heroes carrying us through and the economy through. Talk about the growing importance of, of, of the trucker in the entire supply chain. You know, the the, the trucker is where it ends and, and where it begins. And, and we just... We tend to not give enough love to those guys. I recently took a trip uh, up to Bryson City, North Carolina, and all along the road, you know, traveling on a Sunday night, it's just nothing but truckers. And it's nothing but truckers delivering what needs to be delivered. So, you know, the, the, the awesome thing is, is that we're always going to have a need for truckers because truckers um, are always going to know the routes, the in and outs, the what processes are in place and what are the things that need to be do that need to be done the same way that I don't care how uh, autonomous airplanes get. There's always going to be pilots that are sitting in the seat because you always need somebody there 
to uh, be able to handle the complex myriad of problems that 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 could happen. So truckers are 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 incredibly important, continue to be incredibly important. And, you know, it's it is an evolution, uh, a revolution for for truckers. Um, you know, with a lot of the devices that that they have to be tied on, sometimes it's getting up and launching an app early in the morning because you need the speeds and feeds coming from that app to tell you know your 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 brokerage where you've been and and where you're going and when you're going to get there. So when we think about the cloud and we think about all of these processes that uh, folks like Clio are automating, it all comes down to you know that trucker hitting that button that says I'm here. Or that trucker hitting that button that says I'm unloaded. It just comes down to that. You know, on road dog trucking, I, I talk to drivers all the time, and and you ask a lot of them, well, what's the story of your life? And they're like, well, it's driving, waiting, and frustration, and a lot of times yeah. it's that lack of visibility or the siloed visibility and the siloed information. Your customer might know where to ship it in, but the guy actually gets to bring it to you or pick it up may not. How important is ecosystem enablement of of bringing drivers into that that visibility sphere and sharing with dock workers, etc. You know, and as as Michael always talks about, just the, the growing rejection rate, and it's just not coming down. So capacity is always going to be an issue. And the companies that are able to make it are the companies that can find the slivers of capacity to work loads in there. And if they can find that sliver, that that's the difference between having a phenomenal year and just having a good year. And so it's going to be the truckers that are going to really create that visibility. So take an instance where you have the opportunity for a trucker to drop off and he may be able to pick up across the street. And that load may not have existed till uh, uh, may not existed at the point that he backed in. But when he backs out, now you start to just shave hours and days off and, and you just increase productivity. It's, it's really that last mile. So, Frank, you know, we, we talk a lot about tech in this industry and, uh, and our v- different virtual events, and there's certainly a lot of leaders and people adopting that, but there's still that hesitancy out there from people in the logistics space to adopt that that uh, tech and move to the cloud. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah. yeah, you know, in an industry like all industries, that how you do business with your customers dictates your differentiation. You know, what's the difference between uh, this, this, this trucking company and this trucking company? Well, it's how you do business. It's what type of experience um, are you giving your, your, your customer ultimately? And so the experience around, in many cases, the experience around uh, getting information, giving information, and making that a superior experience is something that was very difficult to, uh, uh, to, to produce. So it's a lot easier if I just hire more people and I have them on the phone. Um, now we're certainly in a world where people want the updates more often, more frequent, and they want those updates pushed to them. And so we're, we're now balancing getting people integrated, getting systems integrated, but at the same time, tying that back to an amazing customer experience for an amazing customer experience for, uh, for the end user, because that's the differentiation. That's how they're going to make their money. Now, Frank, we are almost out of time, but we noticed you had that bass guitar. And if you don't know this about What the Truck, we have a segment called Play It Forward where people play their instruments for us. So we definitely have to have you come on in January, play us a number, and go a little deeper on Clio. We hope you accept our invitation. Absolutely. I'll accept the the invitation. I've got my little Casio from 1982. (laughs) uh, I I can start playing the numbers for you guys, my Clio Casio. 
So, uh, guys, a pleasure. It's been a, a, just a, a great summit that you guys have had here. Um, and I look forward to more of, of the podcast. And certainly, Michael, we'll see you in a, a couple of days in the little square box on my screen. You know it, brother. <laughs> really Peace, appreciate man. it. Thanks again for joining us. Michael, I feel like if they sold a Dooner t-shirt and a Dude t-shirt, he would be buying the Dude t-shirt. It, it, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Frank fan. He's a, he's a bass player, man. He is a bass player. <laughs> Drew McElroy's co-founder and chairman at Transfix. He is in the green room right now, and he's going to be with us right here after these messages. Joining us now, Drew McElroy is co-founder and chairman at Transfix. You may have, if you're a long-time Want the Truck fan or even a month-long Want the Truck fan, yeah. you would have caught him on our Black Friday special. They did this great survey looking at uh, consumer buying shopping data. And, um, you know, then Cyber Monday passed, and those Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they end up being number one and number three biggest mm-hmm. shopping days, respectively, online. The, the data always bears out, doesn't it? These polls, they tend to work. Yeah, they tend to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wasn't lying to us, was he? Hey, Drew, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Hey, guys, thanks very much for having me. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, I got to imagine, you probably weren't shocked when you saw the returns, right, on Cyber Monday and uh, and, uh, Black Friday. I mean, you you said it on the lead-in, right? When in doubt, look at the data, right? I mean, you know, everybody can talk all they want. The the data is usually the best indicator of what's going to happen, and... And yeah, I mean, you know, fortunately, uh, fortunately for for us, and hopefully everybody that's listening, it's great when things uh, bear out the way they're uh, they're forecast to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we had you on before, we didn't get into a lot of the specifics, but what are some of the roadblocks that have happened with the with you know the the shippers this 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 year and the retailers carriers face during this uh, holiday season, and how could they have avoided those blo- roadblocks? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you name it, right? I mean, 2020 wow. has sort of been the year of the roadblock, right? And so, I mean, I, I think the the strategy that is is best now was was probably the strategy that was best leading into the pandemic. But you know, sometimes you need you know a life changing event to, to make everybody realize that, right? But like what we what we talk about to all of our shippers. Uh, and, and all of our carriers, frankly, is is being prepared, right? The life is about volatility, and 2020 has certainly been the, the sort of the peak of that. But things are always going to be uh, in motion, and and you can forecast as much as you want, but you're never going to know. So the more you can build your 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 supply chain in a way that is that is flexible and 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 amenable to to dramatic change and, and can can flex on the fly, uh, the more you'll be able to ultimately serve your customers, uh, keep your costs down, and and keep business moving, which is you know, ultimately the job of the supply chain in most organizations. Drew, I mean, this year, the story of the year has been e-commerce. And I remember in previous years, you know, there were freight publications or people you talked to in freight who'd kind of look at, at e-commerce and retail as not being real freight. It's not real heavy yeah. bulk freight. You're just sending things in the mail. That's for the parcel carriers or the integrators. <laughs> but quite obviously, that is a huge mistake. Tell us why. Well, I mean, if you want to be really topical, right? I mean, the vaccines that are going out right now aren't so aren't so bulky, but they're they're pretty important from a freight standpoint. So, right. yeah, I mean, listen, the the job of the freight network it's 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 to ultimately put uh, goods uh, into the hands of consumers, and that that includes all the miles, right? The first mile, the middle mile, and the last mile. And if and if you mess any of them up, uh, you're going to have an unhappy an unhappy customer, and 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 maybe not and maybe not get paid for it. And so that's. That's a disastrous outcome from a supply chain perspective, and that can sort of manifest itself uh, at any point in the supply chain. And, and you know, obviously, our business at Transfix, we're we're more focused on the middle mile and the first mile. But if you don't get those those right, you're you're certainly not going to get the last mile correct. And and if if you fail right when the consumer is waiting for the 
the the PS4 or the sneakers or the Christmas present or whatever it might be, and they're, they're expecting it today, and then it doesn't show up. That's a really good way to make people uh, disappointed in their experience, and that's a good way to lose a customer. So I, I think it's it's quite critical for businesses in the in the business of selling goods to make sure the goods get there when their customers expect them to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Drew, one of the things that I wanted to ask you last time, and I'm glad we have this the uh, this opportunity now, is in the stats that you were going through before. 93% agree the or, that organization-wide access to real-time sales inventory returns data will be critical in the holiday season. You also state that a lot of them were not confident, and obviously they weren't. We all agree with that. Yet only 27% have access to real-time inventory data, 29 real-time sales data, 28%. Why, why, why is it? Did they think that they did? They just didn't realize it? Do you come across that with people where you talk to? They think, well, I know what's going on. You ask them and they discover, well, I guess we don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to be overly philosophical here, right? But this is some 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 degree of human nature, right? Like people know things intellectually, but they don't necessarily respond to it until it's like, you know, chewing on their foot. And and that's, you know, in in years past, you know, all all the themes we talk about, right? Visibility, access to data, you know, the ability to to, to flex as conditions change. I think everybody sort of intellectually knew the importance of them, but the the true reality of of what it means to not be prepared in a in a dynamic you know event like 2020 has brought upon us people maybe hadn't actually experienced that and so it's 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 just like anything else right you know your your doctor tells you to stop eating bad food and and you and you know you should but then you you know you have that one medical scare where it's like okay now I should really listen right it's 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 the same thing. It's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to experience it viscerally. And uh, and I think that's what 2020 is all about. It's like, oh wow, uh, a lot of this stuff is really true. And 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 I never want to feel this way again. So so how can we how can we prepare ourselves that no matter what happens, we're we're ready for what the future holds. Jim in the comments, he said he loves the sweater. Thank you for uh, thank for thank you for that compliment. He also said, "What's up with the Trotsky cap?" <laughs> I just Google image search Leon Trotsky. I don't see him wearing this cap even once. So. <laughs> Maybe so it's another Taylor. Trotsky. So in the Pentagon <laughs> of problems, though. So in the five corner Pentagon of problems that that you looked at in this survey it was supply chain challenges, sales volatility, inventory challenges, freight capacity challenges, inventory planning challenges. What is the what is the easiest one to contend with, and how do you bring it all together so 2021 flows better? Well, that's a that's a great question. Well, I mean, I mean, honestly, I think that the right answer is a sort of holistic approach where you have them all. You have a, a you know sort of an organizational philosophical underpinning toward uh, data and sort of proactivity, and that if you have that, it will sort of lead to progress in sort of all of these categories, right? And, and and frankly, if you're really good at one of them but don't pay any attention to the other, it you won't get the sort of entire benefit, right? Like if you can if you can forecast really well, but you have no idea where your inventory is, it's not it's not necessarily going to be uh, a completely useful exercise. So what what I what I would suggest to, to, to shippers is is to really think about their partnership network and, and to think about it from a strategic rather than a tactical perspective. You know, the, the reality is you don't know what's going to happen on a go-forward basis. So the further you lock yourself into rigid partners and rigid expectations and and, and sort of a lack of flexibility, uh, the more things changing is going to negatively impact you. And, and, and the best way to sort of be on top of that is not only to prepare yourself, but to partner with those, those organizations who are um, – 
as data rich as possible, right? That, again, we said it at the outset, right? Like it, talk is cheap and, and data is, is generally real. And especially if you have sort of an intelligent, proactive uh, understanding of what the data really says. And, and if you can see what's coming and then have a supply chain that's prepared to deal with what's coming, that's, that's sort of the, the best any of us can do because we, we certainly can't change what happens in, in real life. But if we're, if we're out in front of it and we're prepared for whatever it might be, uh, we should have a better a better experience than, than those who are not. Well, Drew, we have about one minute left. Do you have a, a message you'd like to give out to the supply chain community? And also, where can they find Transfix? So you can find us at, at transfix.io as our website. And, and we exist, of course, on, on all social channels and, and love to have the conversation with, with shippers and carriers and everybody else, whether it be LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my, my sort of closing message to, to everybody, and, and forgive me for being a bit sappy, but, but, but just thank you. Uh, 2020 has been uh, an incredibly challenging year. And you know, I mean, we all talk about it, but, but I would be remiss to, to, not, to not mention it. The, the world is has changed and it would be a lot worse for every single person out there if it weren't for the heroes of the supply chain. I mean, it starts with, with drivers, but it is every single person working their ass off in, in long hours and in terrifying conditions from a health perspective to make sure everything gets where it needs to be. So we continue to eat and have medicine and, and have a degree of joy, even if we're stuck in our houses with our, with our family who we may or may not want to choke at various times. Um, so. Drew, a little, a little cowbell for that. That's a very Amen, great brother. message. Happy holidays to you and the team over at Transfix. We'll be back. Happy holidays, guys. Thanks, everybody. You know, dude, sometimes I go inside the box. You got to think outside the box. Oh, that is a very true statement, which is weird, right? Or it is. Think inside, outside. The I don't know. I feel so, like I'm trapped in a mind puzzle now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> is it Pandora's box? It's or? my own row shark test. <laughs> well, so no, we have this show. So we we launched this show near the end of uh, the end of last year. Wow. Yeah. It's so hard to like tell time now. Everything's so reflective. But yeah. we went to uh, we went to Echo Global Logistics in Chicago. And I remember yeah. going down for the first scouting mission, the first production meeting, and. And the concept of the show, uh, Inside the Boxes, it was almost like the MTV Cribs of supply chain. You get to go inside some of these really cool offices, meet uh, the people and leaders who make those businesses happen. Yeah. But at the time, we were thinking, you know, this requires us to actually go there. We actually went out there twice. Yeah. Well, COVID happens. You can't really go in anyone's office, right? Yeah, true. But true. people saw this echo and they're like, hey, we want to be featured. So for a while, we, we weren't able to make the show. But then we thought about it. We're like, look, we're doing all these virtual events. Let's just do it virtually. So what happened is we sent, uh, well, we didn't send anyone, I guess. We sent virtually, we sent our people over to Best Pass. And we put together this really compelling story with, with Andrew Cox and Best Pass. We're actually going to be able to take a look at it right over here. But um, very cool, know, fascinating little pivot. Just like all these supply chains will have to pivot around, we on the media side do you as well. Pivot. I'm super excited to see how this turned out. I know our talented team will not let us down. Let's check it out. Welcome back to the second to last What the Truck of the Year. <laughs> it is. Hey, if you guys enjoyed the show, you like what you're hearing, check out our holiday special. It's one of my favorite ones that we've done. Yeah, we did film it live yesterday, but it's going to be airing throughout the, the year. You can find it on FreightWaves.com, TV.FreightWaves.com. You can also find this as well. I know a lot of you are asking, I missed a session at this event. What am I going to do? Don't even worry about it. We get no. you covered. If you go to, if you look up Freightcast on your favorite podcast player of choice, you find every single Freightways podcast. You just want What the Truck? Just look up What the Truck on your favorite podcast player of choice. You want to watch this stuff? Download the Freightways TV That's app, it. right? That's right. Maybe That's get, right. Maybe you get Apple TV for Christmas. Yeah. 
Maybe you'll get a fire Maybe stick. Maybe you will, and you'll be able to watch the last episode of What to Truck that happened yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> the TV movie magic. That was a great episode that we really enjoyed. There's a, we have a newsletter coming out later on today. It's going to recap the uh, the rest of the year. Uh, what do you go? www.freightwaves.com slash WTT. I want to thank all our guests today and Global Trans for coming on. Man, always a lively time on What to Truck, and we really got to take up our friend from Clio and bring his bass. Play oh, for can't us wait till next time. Yeah, he's got to come in and lay down a nice bass line for us. Yeah. It's going to be great. Happy holidays to all of you for supporting What the Truck. Here's a little cowbell for all of you. There's still more show to go, though. So don't go anywhere. We'll still be here with you, too. And we got to give away that telescope. Oh, yeah. Still a few more live interviews as well. That's right. we got to go find us an astronaut we're, to uh, interview. We're talking to an astronaut. Uh, we're talking to an astronaut. Peace and love. Peace and love. Merry Christmas. Happy. Here we go.